1: The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Soccer bag was behind the glass. You guys with us, 215-592-9494. Coming up one hour from now, Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus, will join us. Very curious on his take on Brock Purdy, the Niners, this matchup against the Eagles. I mean, every time I dive into any of the numbers here on this game, it just feels like we're heading to a, a t- I mean, a very tight game on Sunday. I think a turnover and a, a, just a mistake or two will decide. I, I can't wait. For Sunday at three o'clock at Lincoln Financial Field. We'll get back to that. I think it's time to apologize to Jonathan Gannon. He deserves that. Sirianni's right. This city, this station's been unfair to Jonathan Gannon. The guy's been a heck of a coordinator, and he'll be missed when he's gone. 215-592-9494. I'd say so far the response has been like begrudging apologies. I think I had w- we had one person who like outwardly said, I'm sorry, Jonathan Gannon. I think we need more. I you know, I'm at home. I got an eight-year-old and a five-year-old when they Beat each other up like they have to, they have to learn to apologize to each other. Say, I'm sorry for what I did. And it's, I think it's the same thing applies here. We have to, once in a while, we got to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to Jonathan Gannon for not believing this guy was a good enough coordinator. I mean, that's not that hard to say. Again, Tucker's holding out for some imaginary shutout of Joe Burrow in the Super Bowl. I'm being more realistic here. Has there but,
2: ever been a shutout in the Super Bowl?
1: Uh, I, I feel would, like we would rem- I feel like that would be something that's talked about a lot. I would guess no. I feel like some of those games in the early 70s had some. Low scores, but I would guess no on a shutout in the Super Bowl. That's pretty embarrassing. You can't get uh, any points on the board. We'll get back to the Gannon stuff in a second. I do want to talk about the Hall of Fame. We we debated with Howard earlier. I mean, Howard is just so far on the wrong side of this stuff. Um, but we had Scott Roland inducted into the Hall of Fame. I I think it's actually a shame that Scott Rowland and and his and what people remember him here for is, is what it it became. Because Scott Roland. Was a tremendous player. Scott Rowland is deserving of making the Hall of Fame. I would have voted him in if I had a, a vote. I'm glad he made it. The guy's an all time defensive player at third base. He hit over 300 home runs, and it's it's almost it's disappointing that we didn't get to experience the great the best of Scott Rowland. I had some great years here, and obviously what he did as a rookie in '97 and, and kind of building on that, and he became a star. But his best years weren't here. They were when he eventually left and was traded to St. Louis. And that's where his, his career went to a different level. And, you know, you think about what the Phillies had right after Scott Rowland left, you know, with this franchise turned into a winner and had an incredible run. And Scott Rowland wasn't part of that, but he could have been. His prime. And then the back end of his prime coincided with the rise of the Phillies and, and the, the, the rise of their young players on the infield. Ryan Howard, Chase Utley, Jimmy Rollins. I mean, I, I think you can make a legitimate case. And I was saying this to Tucker before the show, and we'd have to go through some of the teams and who else we'd put in this mix. But I think if Scott Rowland never left Philadelphia, if the Phillies never traded him away, and everything else it's almost like a butterfly effect. But just if we play it along, everything else stays the same. The Phillies would have had one of the greatest infields of all time. I mean, you want to go back to, you know, whatever decade we want, and we could pick out teams that have some great infields. Obviously, the Big Red Machine had one with Joe Morgan and Tony Perez and Concepcion. Like, we can go back to some great teams. The Yankees in 09, when they beat the Phillies had a really good one for a short period with Teixeira and A-Rod and Jeter and Cano. But the, the Phillies could have had like a five-year window with – or at least a four, you know, maybe four- or five-year window with Howard – Rollins at short, Utley at second, and, and Roland at third. I don't know if any teams ever had a window like that long, which they could have had with that many either Hall of Famers or borderline Hall of Famers, because Roland is in. I believe, and we'll get to this in a, in a couple minutes, Chase Utley is going to get in. Rollins on this ballot, and he's got a chance down the line. I don't think Rollins is going to get in, and I wouldn't vote him, but he's close. And then for a period, Ryan Howard obviously performed like a Hall of Famer, and then his career just got shut, you know, cut short, and he and was, was one-dimensional, so he really has no chance. But he performed like one. It would have been the greatest infield of all time, or at least one of the best I, I can think of. I, Tucker, I know you were a big fan. You were a fan when you were young. I, I'm happy Scott Rowland is in. It didn't work out here for a lot of reasons. I do think he, gets, he was painted as the bad guy, but let's be real. The Phillies were not exactly an organization – that most players probably believed in at the time he asked out.
2: Yeah, I just I think there's a lot of revisionist history around the entire Scott Rowland breakup, right? I think there are a lot of people who think and and blame the Phillies management for not offering him enough money, and that's not true. They offered him a ten year, hundred and forty million dollar contract. That was which a lot was of money, big then. money, yeah, back then. And I think a lot of people think Scott Rowland didn't like playing in the Philadelphia media market, and I don't think that's true either. Scott Rowland left here because he didn't trust the ownership to put a great team around him during a 10-year run, and unfortunately he completely misread that situation. Uh, Jason Stark wrote a great story, I think heading into spring training of 2022, where he asked Scott Rowland, "Like, why, why don't you want to sign this contract? And he said, think thing with someone along the lines of, well, now I'm playing with the Abreu and Lieberthal, and he may have thrown Rollins or Doug Glanville in there, and he said, who knows who's going to be here in five years, and, and I don't trust the organization to put together a good team. Unfortunately, in five years, the Phillies were division champs, but I mean, what he did as a Philly, what he did as a Cardinal, and I think he's one of the greatest defensive third basemen to ever play the game, and he consistently put up good offensive numbers. It's a shame he only ever made one All-Star game as a Philly, and it was his last year here. He got traded a couple weeks after. But for a kid growing up in the late 90s, there wasn't much else to root for. Scott Rowland, to me, was the best baseball player on the planet, and I'm excited to see him go to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I think he's
1: deserving. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety for Your reaction to Rowland making the Hall of Fame now I think this is interesting because obviously the, the the relationship between the Phillies and Roland has not been wonderful, despite him being, um, a, you know, the the face of the franchise for a brief period there, late '90s, before he was traded. But it sounds like the Phillies are going to invite him back. Uh, Phillies put out a statement. Middleton put out a statement tonight, congratulating Scott Roland on making the the Hall of Fame, and it sounds like from the statement that that he's going to be invited back. I guess to be honored or celebrate his career which i mean again his, his he has a hall of fame career and a chunk of that was here with the phillies I, I i like that on the phillies part i mean i don't know what the reaction will be the night he's here i, I again i don't even know if he's going to accept it but um i i w- i think that's a fun thing i mean the phillies should embrace it they had a hall of famer play for them
2: just i mean they drafted a hall of famer Yeah, and he played seven years here, and I think a lot of people remember him, especially nationally, as a Cardinal, but he played 850 games as a Philly and only 650 as a Cardinal. He was here for eight years and was only there for six. For most of his career, he was a Philadelphia Philly. Now, he won a World Series with the Cardinals, and that was when really the the prime of his career was. I think he was top five in MVP, MVP voting in 2004, but he played a while here, and he did a lot to this organization, especially early on. I don't know. I I just I think it's weird that there's a Hall of Famer and everyone instead of embracing is just saying he's not deserving. Let's forget
1: about it. Yeah, I know. He's he's deserving. I believe Scott Rowland belongs in the Hall of Fame. I'm glad he's in. He made it. He's in. He got over 75 percent. Now, the other guys in the ballot that I think probably matter more to to everyone listening to us right now because they have more of a connection here. Jimmy Rollins. God, I believe it was a little over 12% for Jimmy, 15, 12 to 15. What was he that Uh 12, He was at 12.9. 12. He jumped 3% from last right. year. So uh, um, Abreu got 15.7. Yes. Uh, Rollins, 12.9%. So Rollins is obviously alive on the ballot because you need to stay, get 5% to stay on, and he'll stay on. And I, I'm, I know there's a lot of people out there that have made the case for Jimmy Rollins, and I appreciated Jimmy Rollins, and he did win an MVP. I don't. I never thought Jimmy Rollins was a Hall of Famer. I, I just think he was a notch below the other great shortstops that played in the same time as him. You know, it's not just your position. It's, it's your contemporaries, too. I mean, I always thought Rollins, and he, you know, the one year he was amazing in 07, and he had a lot of good years. But I always thought there was always a handful of shortstops that were just as good or better. I mean, it's just kind of the he played in an era with a lot of good shortstops When he was young, it was still A-Rod and then Garcia Para and Jeter at the same time. And then as he got older, there was the Hanley Ramirez and there was the Troy Tulowitzki grouping. And, you know, I, I guess his thing, why Rollins has a chance, is he outlasted some of those guys. He had longevity. Hanley Ramirez didn't. Tulowitzki didn't. They fell off. But at their peak, there's a lot of shortstops he played with that I thought were better players than him, as good as he was. I think that's going to hurt him in the voting. Like you go back to like other guys that you might compare him to, I feel like maybe they were the
2: best shortstop in the game at the time they played. I don't, I don't think Rollins was. He gets a lot of Barry Larkin comparisons. Yeah. I think tends to be the the guy that he most often gets compared to. But Rollins is just such a weird candidate because I think a lot of his career is narrative driven. Right is how important he was to the Phillies that won five straight division titles. What a what a menace he was on the base pass. How great he was defensively, even though he only won four gold gloves. And the other thing, thing is crazy when you talk about him not being really at the top uh, of the sport during his career. You know, he didn't make an All-Star game after 2005. I think that speaks to what I'm saying. I mean, His I, last All-Star game was 2005 when he was 26 years old. So every year, some whoever it was, right, and it,
1: it fluctuated. I'm sure during those years, Tillerwitzki, Hanley Ramirez, uh, maybe Reyes at some point later
2: in the in that decade. Yeah, I think Jose Reyes probably took over. Yeah,
1: I mean there was always a guy or two or three or four that in the moment was better. Now he gets credit for year after year stacking good years, and that's why, he, like, I think he's got a better shot than Reyes to make it. Better shot than I mean, any, most of the guys I said, but. There was always a handful of shortstops. He was either like five or six or four. I mean, maybe once in a while he'd be two, but I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. So I, I think it's interesting to watch where the voting goes for Jimmy Rollins. Now, the other guy that I do believe is going to make it, and Howard Eskin and I, if you missed earlier, uh, we, you know, check it out on the Odyssey app or uh, the podcast that we'll put up later. Howard and I debated on this one, and I think he's wrong. And, and I told him that we're, we're saving a seat for him on the bus to go to Chase Utley's Hall of Fame induction uh, I don't know what year it'll be. I don't think he's going to be a first ballot kind of guy. Or are they close to that? But I believe Chase Utley will go to the Hall of Fame one day. And it's mostly because it's it's almost the opposite of the Rollins conversation. You know, I thought by far Utley was the best player at his position in the sport for a handful of years. And then, you know, I suppose Robinson Cano came along and, and kind of pushed him. And, and maybe Cano overtook him for a little bit uh, there in the 2010s. But for about a five-year run, I don't even think it's close. He was the best second baseman in baseball, and if you're the best at your position for a good chunk of years, and then you throw in, he was the engine of a championship team. He had big moments. He had five home runs in a World Series. You know, all that kind of stuff. You know, then you throw in his WAR and all the other kind of things we talk about. That pushes him in. I, I, I think he has a unique case too because his counting stats are not. Superb. I think he has less than 2,000 career hits, Chase Sutley. But, Tucker, I think Chase Sutley is going to make the Hall of Fame. He, it feels like he's the guy voters will like.
2: And I think we tend to lose that a lot when we talk about these Hall of Fame inductions. There are people voting, and there are people with biases, and there are people with opinions. And I think that's why Ken Griffey Jr. was unanimous. I, I think that's why Mariano Rivera was unanimous. And I think Chase Sutley kind of fits that. Like, even though he wasn't a real talkative person, I think a lot of people in the media respected Chase Sutley. Yeah, he was game. a guy that you know, older generations could look at and say, well, he plays the right way. And you look at his first five years, he finished with a, you know, his first five full years in the majors. He got MVP votes every year. He was top 15 in MVP votes his first five full years in the majors and hit three hundred one with an OPS of nine twenty two, averaged 29 home runs and 101 RBIs as a second baseman. I mean, it's unheard of what he did during his prime, and unfortunately – it was cut short, and he was really never the same player again after 2010, save for a hot start in 2014, and him kind of hanging on and being that mentor, that father figure in the Dodgers locker room. I think that really hurt because you he, look—he hit 282 as a Philly, and he hung around in LA for like four years, and at 230 there. And then we talked earlier when Howard was on about his career average of 275. That's
1: what knocked it down, right? If he retires at age of 35, his numbers probably look a little bit better. 215, 592, 94. I'm curious where you you fall on this. Hall of Fame baseball was announced today. Scott Rowland in. I give it a thumbs up. I think Scott Rowland is a Hall of Famer. And then Utley and Rollins. I mean, they're connected. They'll always be connected here in Philadelphia. Rollins, 12.9%. He stays on the ballot. He got a little bit of a boost. I guess he was at 9 I think a little over 9% last year. So, you know, a little bit more, but not, nothing significant with the boost for Jimmy Rollins. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. I wouldn't vote for Jimmy Rollins. I would vote for Chase Utley, and I do think he's going to make the Hall of Fame. Next year's his first year on the ballot. You know, I, I don't think we're looking at a guy in Chase Utley that's going to make it on the first ballot or anything like that, like a Ken Griffey Jr. I mean, he's not that class. But it, it, he, he I I could see... Chase Utley having one of those runs where maybe he debuts next year at, I don't know, 17%, 20%, somewhere in that range, 24%. I, I think he'll get about 20% of the votes, just ballpark it. And then I think it'll just grow. And, and you know, obviously it depend, depends on who's on the ballot with him and how many other guys are worthy in a particular year. But I think it just it will grow and it'll grow and it'll grow. And it wouldn't surprise me if six, seven, eight years from now, maybe less, but, you know, in that, in that span, he will make the hall of fame. I I think we will have a WIP. And we were talking about this recently, like the future hall of famers that are playing now or, kind of in the mix in the future. And I mean, there's, there's some iconic players that, you know, debuted and played here over the last 20 years that eventually will make the hall of fame. And I I don't know if, I don't know if WIP has done these kind of trips before. I want to do these. Like, I I don't know if we have to get clearance or who we ask. I mean, we know we have our, our um, partnership with those Eagles trips, I think it'd be awesome when Jason Kelsey gets in the Hall of Fame to have an entire bus load or plane trip load of, of us coming from here to Canton, Ohio. And I think the same thing when it's time for Chase Utley to get in the Hall of Fame. Like, I, I'm serious. We're getting a bus. We're going up to Cooperstown, and we'll, we'll watch Chase Utley be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Who else is going to go next? Like, of the, of the more, more recent players that could be next, I think Andre Godala is going to make the Hall of Fame.
2: But I don't know if there's going to be a bus,
1: a, a busload of people that want to go with me.
2: Yeah? You can't think of a Sixers podcast that could get a busload of people to go to Springfield, Massachusetts? Well, that's true. We, we do have that connection. So maybe, maybe we have the Iggy trip. We'll have
1: the Kelsey trip. Talking about the Clap Your Hands podcast, obviously. Yes, Elliot and, and Kyle Newbeck. Uh, so we'll have the, the Kelsey trip, the Iggy trip, the Utley trip.
2: Who who else is, a, is going to have a trip? Do people care enough about Claude Giroux to go to Toronto? I'm out. I don't even have a passport. You have a passport? I do, but it expires in like the summer.
1: Yeah, I mean, you have to renew it if you want to. Take, you want to lead this trip? Right. I, I'm just not interested in the Claude Giroux trip. Yeah,
2: me neither. I, I can I can take it or leave it. Okay. I mean, one day obviously the, there'll be the Joel and B trip to Springfield. He'll he'll be a Hall of Famer one day. Is Lane Johnson going to the Hall of Fame? Lane Johnson's a weird one because I think if you're an offensive lineman, you have to have a lot of accolades, and he just doesn't yet. Like the reason why we give Kelsey so much praise he is has because the he has five all pros, Lane Johnson has too. And maybe we're in an era now where we do kind of grade and, you know, create statistics for offensive linemen. Lane Johnson hasn't given up a sack since his ankle collapse in 2020. Right. He hasn't given up a quarterback hit since I think week seven against the Raiders last season. That's amazing. Which is amazing. It's unbelievable what, what he's done and how he's how high of a level he's played at. So maybe now that we kind of have those numbers, it'll be easier. But, I think for most offensive linemen, you look at Pro Bowls and All Pros, and if you aren't at at least five, they kind of just move on. So maybe not Lane. He's not there yet. I, I mean, what about Jason Peters, if he's not still hanging on. No, I'll skip the bus trip.
1: I mean, you, you guys can go if you want to go. I'm, I'm just, I'm uninterested in the bus trip for Jason Peters. Plus, like, it, do you think Jason Peters delivers a good Hall of Fame speech? Not that that matters. I just, I'm wondering if you think he's going to deliver a good one.
2: I don't think so. I think it's weird how unpopular he's become here. And maybe once he retires and he reaches the point of, you know, being a Hall of Fame candidate, that changes. But I could see him making the Hall of Fame very similar to the way Scott Rowland was announced today, where a lot of people kind of shrug their shoulders and say, eh, who cares? Yeah, I mean, I do think some athletes can overstay their, their welcome in a place
1: or just in the league. I mean, I, I think you, you stay around too long, people forget how great you were. I mean, I, Also, my last memory of Jason Peters is playing right tackle for the Cowboys and stealing money from the Eagles a couple of years he ago. He played left tackle last week. Whatever he played, right? Left. He's a cowboy, and he stole money from the Eagles at the end and asked for $2 million to move back to his original position. No, you could go to his induction. I'm, I'm just not interested. I'll go to Kelsey's. I'll go to Chase Sutley's. Obviously, if Rollins gets in, I, I would be interested. I would go. I, mean, I, I just don't think he's going to get in. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. 592 Scott Rowland officially in the Hall of Fame. I know, I know it did not go well here in terms of the end and how people feel about him. The guy's a Hall of Famer. One of the great defensive third basemen of all time. Third base in underrepresented position. Tucker's first favorite player, which I'm not sure if that's a part of how they do the process here, but i mean, this show like Scott Rowland. I'm a Scott Rowland guy. I think he belongs in. My next in. favorite player was Jim Tomey. He made the Hall of Fame. You have a good tracker with, with favorite players. And Chase Utley.
2: Who was next after that? Cliff Lee. It got cut too short, the, the career. He, yeah, he just he has such a short peak, and yeah. then he retired at 35 and stole money from the Phillies for a little while and yeah. moved back to his farm in Arkansas. He did pitch like a Hall of Famer for about five years, though. That guy was tremendous. He used, it, it reminded me a lot of the way Nola pitched at times. He could just go a month and not give up an earned run, yeah, and was, it would look like he wasn't even breaking a sweat.
1: He was awesome. I was a big Cliff Lee guy. 215-592-9494. your reaction to Scott Roland making the Hall of Fame, agree or disagree with me on this, I think Utley will get in. I don't believe Rollins will get in the Hall of Fame as their their time on the ballot continues. And we'll get back to the Jonathan Gannon discussion as well. Are you willing to apologize? This city, I think to, to kind of cleanse everything before we get to Sunday, biggest Eagles game in five years, we need to apologize to Jonathan Gannon. Sirianni's right. Jonathan Gannon has gotten way too beat up for two years now. Are you willing to apologize to JG 215-592-9494. It's how you hop aboard. We'll come back all your phone calls on the Baseball Hall of Fame. Of course, on Jonathan Gannon here, and we got to play it. It happened yesterday. Chris Sims on his podcast. I mean, there's I, I can appreciate doubling down on a take, but this is just we've we've gone to a point now where Sims sounds ridiculous. We'll play that for you next. His latest take on Jalen Hurts on Sports Radio 94 WIP. If you've been watching the NFL playoffs from the sidelines, There's still time to get in the game with FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge Casino, America's number one sportsbook. New customers bet this Sunday's conference championship games with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up. Promo code G-I-G-L-I-O this weekend. I'm thinking it's a big one for A.J. Brown. I'd go over his receiving yards. And how about we go to an A-type touchdown score? FanDuel is all your favorite bets. From the money line to points, pairs to player props, plus... You can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. All an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. I really like the FanDuel app. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 94WIP, so football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 to free bets, win or lose, with promo code GIGLIO. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official Sportsbook partner of the NFL. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley's behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. Get you board on this Tuesday night. Coming up at 9, Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus. What do the numbers say? What does he see in this matchup? Eagles, Niners, Sunday, NFC title game. And how about the line movement in the Bengals and the Chiefs today? That is up now to 2.5 points. The Bengals are the favorite on the road. I mean, I I don't I, I don't know what's gonna come out in the next couple of days with Patrick Mahomes, but it, it sounds to me like people in the know realize he's really hurt. I mean, he's I think he's gonna play. He put up an Instagram last night saying, "See you Sunday, Chiefs Kingdom." He's a tough guy. He played through it on Sunday, but oftentimes I think those sprains we saw it with Jalen Hurts, you play through it, you, you have the adrenaline, and then two days later, you're like, "Oh bleep, I, this I can't move. I, this hurts." So it, it feels like we're getting a very hobbled Mahomes on Sunday. And I I think the line move makes sense. I, I would take the Bengals to win that football game over the Chiefs. We'll get back to those games and all the Gannon stuff coming up in a minute. But we've got to play this for you before we dive back to the Hall of Fame debate. Yesterday, Chris Sims on his podcast asked about, talking about with his co-host, the game between the Giants and the Eagles on Saturday night. And I think it was a chance here for Chris Sims to kind of maybe move off Jalen Hurts' criticism, praise Jalen Hurts a little bit, you know, be honest about what he saw in the game on Saturday. Instead, we got this from Chris Sims.
3: If he was playing for the Eagles, and if Jalen Hurts was playing for the Giants, I mean, how much did the Eagles win by? I, I 20 might, still? Well, uh, yeah, 30? I don't think might it's be a, closer. I don't think it's a whole lot different, because Daniel Jones going to be able to do the same thing. I mean, he can do some of the things that Jalen Hurts, yeah, maybe not as good a runner, but we know he's really close. It's not like... Oh whoa, way better! Again, if you're going to ask me who I'd rather have as a passer, I'd rather have Daniel Jones. I- I'm sorry about that. I don't know. I'm probably you're going to get me in trouble today.
1: And this is not, but this. Is, yeah, but, but I'm just saying, you know, but, it's just
3: to speak more to the quality of the teams, that, right? That's, that's and stating the obvious for real. Well, here. Right? I, what we're trying to say is, what the hell are you talking about?
1: So, I mean. There's a lot to unpack there with Chris Sims, who now, if we go through this over, over the past couple of years, before last season, Chris Sims, before Hurts' first year as a starter in 2021, Chris Sims didn't have, a, didn't have him as a top 40 quarterback in the NFL, behind a guy named Kellen Mond, who I believe is either out of the league or a third stringer somewhere. He wasn't top 40 quarterback. And Joe and Hurts led a team to the playoffs. And then before this year, they had him at 26 behind Daniel Jones. So we're still doing the Daniel Jones thing. And then... About six, seven weeks ago, he laughed at the notion that Hertz was as valuable to his team as Allen and Burrow and Mahomes. Allen, by the way, who was out of the playoffs. Allen who played like crap in a playoff game again and his team lost. So that, that happened on, on this past Sunday. So now we go to this nonsense here from Saturday. Are the Eagles roster around the quarterback better than the Giants? Obviously. I, I like. Does he, does, does he think he's being like highbrow there telling us that? Does no one here realize the Eagles have more talent around their quarterback than, than the Giants? Obviously they do. But to also say he'd rather have Daniel Jones as a pastor, when has Daniel Jones ever excelled as a pastor in the NFL? What is he talking about? I, I said this last time when I first saw the video. I tweeted it. I can appreciate doubling down on a take. I think we've all done that. I think everyone here at WIP does it all the time. We have an opinion, and maybe it doesn't go the way we think, and we say, Screw it, I'm doubling down. But once in a while, there there might be a time to tap out. And I feel like for Chris Sims, he's gotta be reaching the point where he taps out on Jalen Hurts. Tucker, it's it's like he just I don't think he hates him. I don't know. I don't think it's personal. People say
2: it's personal. I don't know why it would be. He doesn't think he's very good and he won't admit he is. Yeah, I just, I don't know what you're getting from this, right? Because the one thing I think is very beneficial to someone if you're, you know, going through a career as a takesman is admitting you're wrong every once in a while, right? I think people find that kind of endearing, and if you do it, you gain a little bit of respect, and we all move on and think it's okay, and he just keeps digging the hole deeper and deeper, and maybe one day Jalen Hurts will play like crap, and he'll point and say, see, I told you, but... I don't know. He's been proven wrong like sixteen times this year, and he keeps doubling down every single time. And I just the, th- the thrower
1: thing. Like, what world is? Why is Daniel Jones a better thrower of the football? I, rather than he had son. fifteen cool. touchdowns this year, Joe. Cool. I mean, that, that's in, in seventeen games. Like, what are we talking? Sixteen games he started with. Like, what are we talking about as a thrower? I mean, I understand he's not playing with a stacked deck over there, and Jalen Hurts is, and that, I don't think that's the debate. It's just, I mean, just give it up, dude. Like, Jalen Hurts is is sixty minutes away from playing in the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl, and over the past two years, you've thought 30, at least forty, and then twenty-five quarterbacks are better. This guy's been in the playoffs two years in a row, and might go to the Super Bowl. I, obviously, your analysis is dead wrong—just dead wrong. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Let's go back to the lines here. Let's talk about this Hall of Fame stuff. Mike in Morrisville has a thought on Chase Utley eventually making the Hall of Fame. What's up, Mike? Well, I wanted to talk about the Hall of Fame, but
0: just what you guys just said i'm not a philadelphia fan i'm a sports fan but i i, I who the heck is Kristen? i mean i know who he is but <laughs> he never did anything in the nfl but so yeah. what does his opinion mean if i had a vote i would probably say i would put Hertz for MVP. so i'll let that go there but i i heard you say that you think utley and Iguadala should be in the hall of fame and i just don't get that their stats don't show that I mean, did Utley even have 2,000 hits? Did he even bat 275? Iguadala, I mean, what did he average, about 12 points a game or something like that? I don't understand where you're getting, do you think that they should be
1: in the Hall of Fame? So I think they're two separate things. I, I don't think Iguadala has any sort of statistical case. I really don't. But he was a part of a dynasty in basketball, and those guys make the Hall of Fame. Like that's the way he was the he was the finals MVP on a on a team that was a dynasty. I I think mm. you go through basketball history; those guys usually don't not make the Hall of Fame. So I think he gets in because a unique case. But Utley, Utley, I do think has credentials to make the Hall of Fame. He was the best second baseman in the league for five straight years, Mike. That that's enough to put you in the Hall of Fame.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I, I get what you're saying, but I mean, to me, it gets ridiculous. It's not the Hall of Fame should be like a far away and above and. Not just that they were good for a couple of years. I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I can't get to the, the you know. You have to have the stats to get into it. And as disappointing as this sounds, that, that 2007 to say 11 or 12,
3: mm-hmm.
0: don't you think the Phillies were kind of disappointing? They only won one. They really should have won more. You know. They really should have, with the pitching. I agree, yeah, closed. Mike.
1: I agree with you on that. Um, yeah. yeah, overall, I think you kind of replay and think about all the talent they had, and then add in, you know, Lee and Halliday. Yeah, they probably yeah, should have won ages. another one. Yeah, they should have, <laughs> yeah. and then and then they got better each regular season. But obviously, they didn't go as far in the playoffs. So, Mike, I appreciate it, and I I don't expect everyone to agree with me on Utley. I mean, it, I I don't think he's going to be a slam dunk. I think he's going to be a polarizing, debated case, but. Doesn't position matter? I was I, I was having this argument with Howard a couple hours ago. The position matters. If we're looking at Chase Utley's numbers and just say compared to all the other baseball players, you know, ever, you know, does his, what does he have, 259 home runs put him in the Hall of Fame? No. Right? You look at him compared to everybody else's, his 411 doubles put him in the Hall of Fame. His 1,885 hits to put him in the Hall of Fame? No. But when you look at him compared to second baseman, I mean, You could count on two hands the number of second basemen that ever had stretches like him. Ever. And I think you can count on three hands the number of second basemen that were better. That's 15, Tucker. 15. Looked to me like I was crazy. Three hands. Yeah, I guess. It's not really a saying, though, is it? But why? It should be. I guess. I mean, if we're using the vernacular hands, right? You count on one hand, two hands. And I want to go to 15... Isn't it just a third hand? I guess if you're borrowing a hand from somebody. Yeah, I mean, you've got your own two hands and you you, you count on your neighbor's hand. You can count on your neighbor's hand along with yours, the number of second, second base that had better careers than him. like, And that's in totality. I mean, I'm looking right now, um, you know, in terms of Hall of Famers at second base, guys that are in the Hall of Fame. He's right there. You know, like Alomar and Biggio are in the Hall of Fame. Like, was Craig Biggio a better player than Chase Utley? I don't he just th- played for like thirty years. Exactly, I don't think he was a better player. I think he had he he lasted longer, but I don't think his best was better than Chase Utley's. Um, you know, other guys that are around the same kind of numbers as Chase Utley. You know, was Ryan Sandberg an appreciably better player than Chase Utley? I don't think he was. I mean, if you ask me right now who I'd rather have on my team, I, I'd pick Chase Utley. Now, it's part of that because I didn't like Ryan Sandberg as a manager, so maybe I'm maybe I'm knocking his career, but he wasn't. You worried Sandberg's going to give up in the middle of June and go home? He might. I mean, he was a great player. I'm not trying to say Ryan Sandberg wasn't an outstanding player at, at that position. But I, mean, I look at Utley, and I, I think he was better. And also, Chase Utley played in way more important games. I mean, Ryan Sandberg— Played on a losing team, he was a
2: losing player for his career with the Cubs for all those years. Like, this is another thing. I don't think we give his postseason career enough credit. Right? We talk about what he's done in the regular season. He tied Reggie Jackson's record for home runs in a World Series. Yes, and and, and then I mean, just go back to his pre- the
1: most signature play of his career in the World Series. Like, I, I think that stuff should matter. You know, I think he's almost the polar opposite of Bobby Abreu. Bobby Abreu's stats are amazing. Bobby, Abreu, uh, some people want to make cases. I I have. Tucker, I'm sure this guy has tweeted at you. There's a, a Twitter account out there. I don't know the guy's. I forget his, his actual name. His whole thing is just making the case for Bobby Abreu. Have you ever seen this person? I have. Yeah. Like, and he, you know, he puts up videos. He makes compelling cases with numbers. That I think he's Bobby
2: been, Abreu has the highest OPS in Philly's history.
1: It's yeah, higher but, than Mike Schmidt. Bobby Abreu was an outstanding offensive player. I mean, I, I'm not, no, no denying it. He was outstanding. But does Bobby Abreu have any moments of his career that were important that, that mattered? That resonate? You don't count the 2005 home run derby? I don't. So the answer is no. I mean, she certainly mattered. The home runs in the World Series, the, p- the play against the Rays, like that's, that's a do Hall of think Famer.
2: My kind of test for Hall of Fame players, and maybe Scott Rowland fails this to an extent, but I always think if we took you out of baseball, let's say Bobby Abreu never existed, does the story of baseball change? It doesn't. I don't think it does at all.
1: Utley, it changes the story. It does now. I'm not saying it's like the same thing as Babe Ruth, but it changes the story. Brian's in Middletown. Brian's up on WIP. Hey, Brian. Oh, hey, Joe. Pleasure talking with you, my friend. You too, Brian. What are you thinking tonight?
4: Man, you got some great topics going on tonight, so I'm going to try to chime in on. Uh, well, th- three of them. First, uh, Chris Sims was a garbage quarterback. All right, so <laughs> he was. let's put out there he was a garbage quarterback. And the next time he comes in the Lincoln Financial Field, I hope the fans give him a welcome. Right, just 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 give him a nice verbal welcome because he's doubling down like the jackass that he is and refuses to acknowledge what we all see with our own damn eyes. That hurts is one hell of a player. So yeah, Chris Sims is done in my mind. So uh, that's all I have to say about him um, uh, regarding the Hall of Fame. Before I jump back to the Eagles, for for me, the baseball Hall of Fame is a joke. All right, I mean we can. Uh, Try to dance around this is almost like something out of an orwellian novel like pretend you don't remember barry Bonds doing what he did and roger clemens doing what he did and alex rodriguez doing what he did just pretend that didn't happen and pete rose i mean this thing is so so what we're going to do is to put mediocre guys in the hall of fame and just pretend like those other guys didn't do what they did, man. It's an
1: absolute joke, Brian. Before you before you go on, I agree with you on a lot of what you just said, and it, the fact that they've tried to whitewash an era is ridiculous. Like it's that, so era, stupid. Barry, it's so, the fact that Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens aren't in the Hall of Fame, and I know they cheated. Like we all know what happened, but, but the fact that but, we just pretend they weren't the best of the best is silly. Excuse,
4: hey, listen. Excuse me, Joe. Uh, I believe Dave Ortiz was he associated with Stan? Yes, was he, he was. What yes, about Mike Piazza. And see, that's the other thing. We know that there are guys who use steroids who are in the Hall of Fame. All right? So the Hall of Fame is the museum. It's not a church. Not- it's supposed to document the history of the game. And you have these baseball writers that have it up their butt because, of, I guess, they didn't like the way Barry Bonds carried himself, wouldn't talk to them. Can we just get the, the guys who are great, who we all watch? Who, by the way, baseball collected all the revenues for? Oh, they, 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 they collected
1: billions of dollars off these guys.
4: So that's, that's, so that's the reason for me. I have no, I have no desire to even visit Cooperstown. I mean, I'm a sports guy. My sons play baseball, but to me, that, the whole their whole attitude pisses me off. Because actually, we want to, we can, we want to dig into this whole you know stuff outside the game. But what do we do about before 1947, before baseball was integrated? Well, of we, course. I mean, so to me, just put the great guys in and let's call it a day and just move on. All right. Thanks for letting me rant on that, Joe. Let me answer your question about um, Jonathan again. Yeah, I'll acknowledge that. Hey, I owe him an apologies. I have I'm no problem doing that. Uh, as a matter of fact, the defense has been pretty consistent. You know, when people complain, including Angelo, <laughs> and I know Nick called him out for it. I mean. Obviously, there are certain spots, certain instances. I guess the the worst game probably was the Dallas game, that second Cowboys game. But for the most part, this defense has been very consistent. Uh, they keep the points total down, which is the most important thing. Um, and, hell, this team, we know the record. I mean, the record is a record. It's one of the best record in the National Football League. So, to me, um, I'm you know, I'm willing to say, hey, and actually, Joe, I kind of, I have my doubts about the coaching staff as a whole because I thought they were too young. I was concerned about, you know, the lack of experience. But um, they proved me wrong, and I'm happy to say they proved me wrong. Now, listen, John McGannis still has to finish the deal, though, meaning, you know, let's punch our ticket to the Super Bowl. Don't don't have, you know, an effort where you're allowing this rookie quarterback to come in and, and play well because, you know, we've had some examples of that in the past. Uh, where you know you have these young quarterbacks, inexperienced quarterbacks, who would actually play well and you know, against the Eagles in the past. Uh, so you just want to, you know, kind of finish the deal.
1: Yeah, that. I want Brian. You're right, of course. And Brian, I appreciate. It. Don't let this be Jake tell home. Like, don't let's not do that again with Brock Purdy coming here this weekend. Uh, but the defense has been consistent. I mean, it. it, it you go through the games this year. Yeah, week one, the Lions put up some points. The Lions also ended up with the most 30-point games in the NFL this year. That was a really good offense. They shut down the Vikings, who had a pretty good offense in week two. You go through it, it was, it was a good defense. And, and some of the weeks where the offense was struggling a little bit to find themselves, like the Indianapolis game, they kept them in it. They really did. And it, I'm glad he brought up the record because it goes for all these coaches. It goes for Sirianni, Steichen. It goes for and It goes for Hurts. This team's 15-3. and And when Jalen Hurts is their quarterback, when they have their quarterback and and whatever else is available around their quarterback, and they've been been relatively healthy this year, but they've had some ups and downs, right? You know, missing whether it be Chauncey Gardner johnson or Avante Maddox or whoever for periods of time, Goddard. When they've had their quarterback in there, they're 15-1. and Like, their success should no longer surprise anybody. They have been, week in, week out, the best team in the NFL the entire season. Now the Bengals and the Niners are on incredible runs where they, they had slow starts and they figured it out and, and they're both great teams and and we know the Chiefs are just consistently the, like as high of a level as anybody the last five years. But this year, week week in, week out, the Eagles have been the best team in the league. That when Jalen Hurts is out there. That hasn't changed. Steve is in Agar for Township. Hey Steve.
3: Yeah, what's going on? First of all, I mean I'm a diehard Philly guy all the way and but if Kurt Schilling can't get in the hall of fame then then I can't put uh, Utley and and Rollins in there. They're really, really good players, but to me, they're not good enough. But I really want to talk about Chris Sims. This guy was a horrible college quarterback at Texas. He really wasn't that good there. He was terrible in the NFL. And Arvlosky on ESPN, who last year said that Jalen Hurst didn't have a quarter of the talent that Carson Wentz has, and we all know now that Carson Wentz is no better than a backup in the NFL after this, after this debacle in Washington can't make in the playoffs in a game that they should have won at the end of the year. But Chris Sims, I mean, this guy is a complete idiot. I mean, if it wasn't for nepotism, he wouldn't even have a job doing anything. If it wasn't for daddy, that man wouldn't he be on TV. He is horrible, and he's stupid. His, his analysis is terrible.
1: Yeah, and well, Steve, he was he was a bad. Quarterback. I remember he lost his job at Texas. He stunk. I mean, he was supposed to be the next big thing. I remember he was a high school player in New Jersey. I mean, he was supposed to be the next big thing, and he stunk. I mean, he was a bad college quarterback. He was a terrible pro quarterback, and he gives. You know, it's one thing to be wrong, Steve. People are wrong all the time. Just move on, move off it. Like, say I was wrong, and he's better than I thought, and no one will care anymore.
3: Yeah, I mean, how can you say the things that he says about it? Jalen Hurts? has proven that he's a top five quarterback. I'll take him over Josh Allen any day of the week because Josh Allen makes the breadth far of mistakes. That man's never going to win a Super Bowl because he thinks he can do everything and he won't take the short passes. He's always going for the bomb. He reminds me a lot of uh, Carson Wentz, but Carson Wentz was good. I mean, he always goes for the big play and you can't do that. You had, that's why Burrow, in my opinion, in my opinion, Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in the NFL. The guy is absolute ice in his veins. He's going to go into Kansas City. He's going to win again this week. Um, but Jalen Hurts doesn't have to take a backseat to anybody. Found the Eagles, seven years, 280,
1: guaranteed 200 million. He's ours. Boom. Love it, Steve. Appreciate the phone call. Steve's throwing out the contract already, negotiating for Jalen Hurts. Um, I, I think that Burrow-Mahomes conversation – is about the – I would say from the moment Mahomes became what he's become, we've just led every conversation about quarterback play with Mahomes, either him by himself or Mahomes and. right, Mahomes and Brady, Mahomes and Rodgers, just Mahomes. And now it has to be Mahomes and Burrow. I mean, and and you know what? In two weeks, Joe and Hurts could beat either of them, and he deserves to be part of the conversation too. But – I look at Joe Burrow what he's done the last two postseasons. It's as impressive as anything I've seen the postseason since young Tom Brady. I mean, this it's it's remarkable. He it just it just beats everybody, and he rips their heart out while he does it. He's a, he's a great quarterback. And as far as Phil uh, Chris Sims, Phil Sims son, he did stink in college. I used to like those Texas teams. I used to think there was a lot of talent on those teams, NFL players. And he lost his job to a guy named Major Applewhite once. Remember Major Applewhite? I do. Yeah, he beat out Chris. I think they. I think if I remember right, like they pulled him in. A, I remember watching a bowl game or something, or a Big Twelve title game, and they pulled Chris Sims out of it to put Major Applewhite in. I mean, Chris Sims, like Tucker said a few minutes ago, it's okay to be wrong. Like no one really cares. He mentioned uh, our last caller mentioned Orlovsky. right? Orlovsky's on TV every day giving opinions about quarterbacks, and I used to disagree a lot with Dan said about Carson Wentz. I just I, I thought he was just dead wrong, but. He was also wrong about Jalen Hurts and he moved off of that. It, it does none of the, I mean it's all just opinion and obviously facts change. I, I always think it's silly when someone says, "Well, I didn't like him so I can't ever like him." Well, opinions change. You know, once in part time I did like Carson Wentz. 2016, 2017 I was a fan of Carson Wentz. And then he's play deteriorated and I began not to like him as much anymore. It's it's okay to change based on the facts. And the facts are Jalen Hurts has become one of the NFL's better quarterbacks. That's the truth. And Daniel Jones, while he got better, he's on that league. He's on that league. And, and for Chris Sims to double down, it's, um, I mean, obviously, I don't think he's an idiot. So maybe he's doing it to get us all riled up. And it obviously worked again. Uh, but I just think he's, he's coming across as stupid. Maybe I realize what he's doing, but I'm not sure if everybody does. Like, so for some people out there who just see this stuff, like, does this guy have any idea what he's talking about? I mean, it's just, it, it comes across as, as ridiculous. And and I actually would love, and I know he won't do it. I know the afternoon show's reached out. I would love for Chris Sims to come on this radio station after the Eagles are in the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl. Like, Chris,
2: come on, man. Let, let's be real. Like, just you, admit you were wrong. Just say it. Apologize to Jalen Hurts and move on. We'll move on. I have a
1: feeling he, he strikes me as someone who has got a, Maybe a little bit anger to him.
2: A because he kept losing job time to Major Appleway?
1: Yeah, like he's got a little chip on his shoulder. I feel like he'd be annoyed at the assertion he should apologize.
2: Yeah, I don't think it would go over well.
1: Yeah, I'm willing to ask. All right, 215-592-9494. It is how you hop aboard on this Tuesday night. Coming up, we got a lot to do in our 9 o'clock hour, including Brad Spielberger, pro football focus. He will join us. And I'm, I'm curious what I say it's what I'm watching for, sponsored by Xfinity Mobile. Xfinity Mobile, the sponsor of WIP's Xfinity Mobile Lounge, a different kind of mobile network designed to save you money. Curious what he thinks on Burrow Mahomes this weekend. Bengals now out to a two-and-a-half-point favorite. And where are the matchups for the Eagles? Where are the matchups for the Niners? What are we looking for on Sunday? We'll get the take for Brad Spielberger, pro football focus next, right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP.